If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, so now, like, to get back to the important stuff, uh, we, like, we call custard uh, ice cream with, like, an egg thickener to it. Yeah, I'm referring to the, um, the uh, milk-based sauce usually served with puddings. Ah, okay, so yes, we, have, we just have different definitions of custard. Possibly. You know what the French call it? They call it creme anglaise. Ooh, I like that. Which, which translates to English cream, <laughs> which strikes me as a bit of a diss. English? Oh, because it's not real cream. It's like more sugary cream. Well, I think they're saying that it's just kind of bland and, and typical of English cuisine. Oh, well, that, that is the running gag. Yes. Do you know, like um, uh, most languages refer to syphilis as the disease associated with the country they're most rivals with. In England, they used to call it the French disease. Mm. And there's a curious parallel in a lot of uh, names for syphilis around the world. Anyway. Anyway. Getting off the subject of custard. Oh, that's fair. All right. That's fine. Single player versus multiplayer then. Yes. And I'm suddenly realizing I should probably have brought this up in the debate, but (laughs) the drive towards multiplayer-focused games is one of the most annoying things about the games industry. Yes. Because multiplayer games tend not to be designed for uh, storytelling, artistry, emotional feels, that sort of thing. I've long grouped games as the games that make you numb and the games that make you feel. The games that make give you the, the human experience. Mm-hmm. The games that give you the emotions. And multiplayer games are almost universally games that make you numb. Yeah. They're based. They're generally based around grinds, doing the same thing over and over again. We, we're in a bad trend right now, as far as multiplayer games are concerned, with the games as a service, which are universally multiplayer. Yes, that's that's the, that's the whole model. Yes, and and I agree. Those games are terrible, though there have been so many multiplayer games that I have enjoyed. All right. Name one. Much like Rocket League. Rocket League is, to me, the perfect, I have 10 minutes to kill and I want to play something quick. You hop into Rocket League. Fantastic Mm, game. I can see that. I can see how you can get the thrill of the sport. Mm -hmm. It's not like most live service games, which are basically based around pressing the button that makes food come out in the rat cage. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just shoot the thing, watch the numbers come out of the thing. Ooh, your number went up. You have the best number of all your friends. <laughs> That's live service game. Now yes. put on a hat. Put on this hat that will mark you out as the special one amid all your friends. They will look at your hat and be envious and struggle for their own hats too. Don't you want to look as cool as these ones with their hats? It's, a, it's really a mark of honor to have a hat. Why don't you buy an outfit? Why don't you make yourself an individual just like everyone else? <laughs> That's live service games. Thanks, Team Fortress 2. 
And a lot of how it works is dependent on appealing to our desire to be part of a community. Yes, uh, there's there's a lot of FOMO elements. There's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses elements. That's um, exactly what it is. If uh, Just translating it to marketing speak there. Yeah. It's all FOMO. It's all keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, it 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 absolutely is and then like the the sneaky ways that they try to give you that individuality while also making you conform to be like, well, you know, all of the cool people have these outfits and if you want a selection of these outfits to stand out from all of those who, you know, aren't worthy of the outfits, you you Ex- need these yes. outfits. Yes. It's like when a company that sells pens puts out like five different variants of a pen and each mm. one's a different color it says express your individuality by buying <laughs> one of these five pens <laughs> be one of the five kinds of people in the world yes. who like pens do you want your iphone in space gray or sky black or pearl white or gold rose yes but the truth is no one looks for more than a nanosecond at another person's phone right. or pen or what icon they've got behind their name when you look at them on the score table. <laughs> that's that's the real truth, is no one cares about icons. No one at all. The only person who gives a shit is yourself, and you only give a shit because the game used tricks to persuade you to give a shit. It's very, very true. But even if we go outside of games as a service, and you know, a lot of this is me thinking back to like my high school, college days, basically when I had roommates, is we would huddle around the Nintendo 64 and play so many multiplayer games. That was most of our evenings, Mm. is your your Mario Karts, your Mario Parties, your Smash Brothers, GoldenEye. I've certainly felt like the Couch Co-op experience feels a lot, uh, has a lot more right to exist than the online multiplayer experience. Mm-hmm. When I sometimes I feel like if you play multiplayer, you might as well just be playing against advanced AIs. <laughs> a lot of them don't talk. Mm-hmm. There's no real sociability to it, especially if you're not playing. Especially if you're not playing something like uh, uh, PUBG or even a game like Battlefield, where it's just fifty, sixty, a hundred people in a server, mm-hmm. and no one even registers each other for longer than it takes to have a quick gunfight and and that's like so the truth that's you know finding someone with a microphone who is willing to talk and you know even as early you know the last big multiplayer thing that i was into was overwatch i played a lot of overwatch Hmm. and just finding someone to talk to and strategize with just like hey i am going this way if, uh, you know, the shield guy could come with me, then we could play, do a play together and the shield guy is off in the corner spinning <laughs> just because they're dicks. Yeah, there were times back in the old days of like Team Fortress Classic back in the late 90s and 2000s where you could have where players just would hang out in the in the spawn and just chat about yeah. politics and things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't see much of that these days because these days there's this stigma against people who uh, who aren't playing optimally. Sure, sure. What I what I will never ever be able to get into is something like uh, MOBA games. Mm-hmm. Your Defense of the Ancients, because because it's such 
there's such a huge obligation to play well when you play those games because uh, the other players will like hound you if you're not using optimal strategies <laughs> it's true and you know like they tried to fix that in games like rocket league and overwatch by having like you know competitive servers and casual servers and even when you're in the casual servers you have you have some people who are just having a little fun with it and some people who are screaming at their teammates why aren't you doing this do this now well they it's the game that can only blame itself these games are like designed from the smallest pixel to the very top gui to make you want to win them mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. you want to compete so that you can have a nicer hat and that's mm-hmm. what brings out these mindsets <laughs> yes um it's there i i feel like there can be good in these games though and uh, to be fair like that good is wading through a lot of crap i really liked your your mining for gold metaphor because it's very very apt but those moments when it does come together, when your team is communicating and you make that push and you're against an equally skilled team and you just outmaneuver the other team because you've worked together is a very, a very positive feeling. A very, you know, you have earned something. I'm, I'm sure it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think the drive to making that sort of online multiplayer game is detrimental to uh, games as a whole Ooh. The, the local local multiplayer stuff mm-hmm. i have no problem with that there's some uh, as you say the fun social experience getting your friends around and having a good time mm-hmm. i once had a memorably fun evening playing uh wario where smooth moves on the wii with several friends and a bottle of tequila oh yeah oh absolutely that's that's how we used to uh, determine whether or not uh, a friend could drive home is we'd have them play a round of Mario Kart. Yeah. And we'd, we'd watch how good they did. <laughs> but more than any other kind of game, the drive towards multiplayer online game is the drive into Sinister Lands. Uh, I, maybe. Maybe yes. Maybe I, I think you're... I'm going to call you 70% right. Okay. I, I, th- I think there is still... Still a passing grade. Still a passing grade, absolutely. No, you're mostly correct. You're overwhelmingly correct. But I think that does discount uh, an entire genre that can be really good. And obviously games as a service sucks. Like it just it's a terrible model. It's it's sucking the life out of uh out of an art form. Big time. It's sucking the artistry out of the art form. Ooh, ooh, that's that's even better. Um, they just they just designed to optimally draw the money. No one's got anything to say when they're making these games. No one's trying to establish a theme or a point. Mm-hmm. It's just dudes in armor, often inexplicably with no eye holes, <laughs> and uh, just shoot each other all day mm-hmm. in in uh, ruined cities. I I think that's a lot of it, but there are still there are still some good ones out there, and even in something as terrible as PUBG. Uh, I only say terrible because I've never gotten that chicken dinner. <laughs> because, because, like you said, the one person who plays eight hours a day is always at the right spot sniping, looking for noob mistakes. You know a multiplayer game I did enjoy playing? What was that? Friday the 13th, the game. 
Shit. Yeah, there we go. That's a prime example. That's a great so that's game. A, that's a multiplayer game where it's, it is actually establishing themes, bringing across artistry. I mean, the fact that it's a, it's a direct adaptation of the movies <laughs> yes. already lends it a certain artistry. But but also the way that they handled that asymmetrical uh, balance, yeah, b- I don't between the counselors you, and Jason, yeah, and you don't really grind to get better at the game, right? You you you, I suppose you you don't grind to get better at the game. You just learn while playing the game. Yeah, and you can be like a first time Jason, and you can still fuck up the day at the campus, and everyone has a good time. Mm-hmm. No one's complaining at suboptimal Jasons. No, Suboptimal I, Jason strategies. <laughs> well, you do get a lot of people. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of. Well, no, you know what? There was no yelling. It was all like I think it was all the, very cooperative. I, this when I was playing it, I got a much better sense that everyone's just there just to have a fun time messing around. Yeah, and it's like okay, I'm I'm I know where the battery is. You guys need to find. What else did you need for the, Oh, the gas cans. That's what it was. It's like, okay, you guys go search for the gas cans. I'm going to get the battery in. Let's all strategize. Let's all work together. I, there was a definitely a, a good cooperation feeling in, and in I that think, game. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from the sense that we were part of... Um, what am I trying to say here? A lot of that comes from the sense that we were all taking part in an adaptation of a Jason film. We were all playing our parts. We weren't just, you know, fighting to be the best of all the PUBG snipers. We were playing to be a part of a Jason film. Ooh. We get killed by Jason, we don't care, because it's kind of fun to get killed by Jason. Look at the funny kill animation we got subjected to. <laughs> you know, that's very true. I think that's what made that game stand out to me over... Um... What was the other asymmetrical murder game? Uh, Dead by Daylight. De- there you go. Thank you. Dead by Daylight. That one, I, I played a few uh, times and it never locked with me. It's very systemic, that game. Mm. The systems, I think, sort of take over. It's all down to like nickel and diamond numbers. They can sure <laughs> you can get the counselor on the hook for a certain amount of time. Sure. Oh, they got off. Oh, let's see if our power has cooled down so we can use strategy f0 <laughs> i think jason I, felt a lot more free form it it did but i think i think it's also just as as i know you are in general a person who enjoys like a story of the game more i think you're absolutely right that this is a, an example of that story grounding everyone in what their role is yeah unlike unlike a dead by daylight wherever it's it's a little more it's a little more uh, Excel spreadsheet, and not so much, uh, not so much MS Paint. That metaphor went away. The amount of DLC Dead by Daylight's had is just mental. Yes. Have you seen how many like characters they've added? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, what they just had like the Resident Evil pack. Hang on, I'm going to bring they up just... the wiki and list them off. Or no, oh no, they just had the Silent Hill pack. You can be Pyramid Head now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So when I, when it started, I think it was just the Trap of the Wraith and the Hillbilly were the three killers mm. you could be. And since then, you can you can now be the nurse, you can be Michael Myers from Halloween, you can be the hag, the doctor, the huntress, the cannibal, Freddy Krueger off of Nightmare on Elm Street, 
Jigsaw off of Saw, The Clown, The Spirit, The Legion, The Plague, Ghostface <laughs> out of Scream, The Demogorgon out of uh, Stranger Things. What? The, the Oni, The Death Slinger, Pyramid Head. And there's another thing on the wiki with a question mark over it that called The Blight. Oh, apparently that's scheduled to be released in September 2020. They are still putting out DLC for it? Oh, yeah. I haven't even listed all the like, human players you can be. <laughs> you can be Dwight, Meg, Claudette, Jake, Nia, Laurie, Ace, Bill, Feng, David, Quentin, another David, Kate, Adam, <laughs> Jeff, Jane, Ash. Yes, that Ash. What? Nancy, Steve, Yui, Zarina, Cheryl Mason out of Silent Hill. Yeah, oh, you can play and, as Ash Williams in Dead by Daylight. That's one. That was one of the DLCs. And Nancy and Steve, I assume, is uh, is Stranger Things DLC. Uh, yes, as they're the they're the older teens in uh, in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, I know, I've never man. seen Stranger Things. Oh, I I really recommend it. It's a fun show. Uh, th- that must mean, and I guess it's it's always. I always uh, am fascinated whenever my personal bubble is popped because that's not a game that's anywhere near my radar. As I played it, didn't care for it, it left my mind. And so it must have a pretty healthy and dedicated fan base if they keep releasing DLCs for it. That seems to be the case. It seems to have a very uh, strong niche fan base. Mm -hmm. All the developer of like, this is like their one success and they're going to milk it for as much of it as it's worth. <laughs> who did make that? I don't look that up. But yeah, I mean, part of the reason why Friday the 13th hasn't had much DLC lately is because it all got tied up in a big legal kerfuffle. Which which is just a shame because it really, it really was something else. That was a great game. But it's kind of nice to see it, a, a game actually, you know, just stop adding stuff to it and just be itself. <laughs> that's what it is now all that all that it is, is in it is all there will be mm. I mean, not not so good for the developers and publishers trying to make money possibly but well it's, it's a pure experience sure but they still got to keep up servers man they they still got bills to pay huh it's developed by behavior interactive and there's like nine publishers oh like different different platforms i guess oh sure sure that makes oh, sense. They, they were initially published by starbreeze those are the guys who made uh, The Darkness and uh, Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. Oh. I, I, I know they were. I know who Starbreeze is because uh, one of my earliest reviews, Zero Punctuation reviews, was The Darkness. And I got an email from someone at Starbreeze saying how, what good sports they were about it. Oh, sure. They, ha ha, we saw your video. Ha ha, what good sports we are. Ha ha. <laughs> but, but, but please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Well, you know, developers usually have a, I get on well, pretty well with because they say to me, "Hey, all that shit you brought up, we said the same thing to the publisher, but they didn't give us any more time." <laughs> sure, I'm looking up uh, right now. I'm looking up Dead by Daylight uh, player stats from uh, from Steam, at least. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not that high because I think they they're definitely getting by on a niche. Oh yeah, they are they are going hard on a on a niche. It's averaging somewhere around forty thousand players a month. See, I feel like once you once you've added that many different characters from different things, and a lot of there's like a heavy stink of marketing to a lot of it because there's a lot of cross promotion going on here. Sure, I think you sort of lose touch with the original artistry behind the work. Hmm. 
It's just we don't care. Let's we can yeah. Let's just put Michael Myers in it. We have no vision anymore. We're just doing the cross promotions. Uh, I think that's fair. Hold on, I wanna I wanna. Although looking at it, they do seem to make the effort to sort of work the characters into their fictional universe. Okay, in what it's way? It's not like they're just there. Wait, are there story elements to the game? Well, if you I'm click unaware. on all the, like, the wiki pages for all the monsters, there's like a little uh, lore paragraph explaining how that character appeared oh. in the oh, Dead got by Daylight into the... world. Oh, Jesus, that's too much. Well, at least, you know, at least they're all like trying to keep a consistent lore going. <laughs> I mean, where's the lore behind, I don't know, Captain America appearing in Fortnite? Right? Uh, I, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> gonna, we're gonna see a lot of this sort of thing because that's what multiplayer is it's not there to make us feel or like enrich us emotionally it's there so that it can be sold to big franchise owners saying hey let's let's do a cross promotion mm-hmm. and we can make a load of bank out of our <laughs> poor unsuspecting <laughs> demographics this is it's it's fascinating like you can see in these charts this goes this goes all the way back to 2016 is like you can definitely see when they added DLC because there's a huge spike in players and then off and off and off and off huge spike off and off and off and off <laughs> yeah i guess that's that's how you that's how you keep the interest going right is is just every once in a while give them a which is uh equally insidious uh thinking games of service is how much stuff do they have ready that they hold back to to bring people in month after month what's the implication if your game can't sustain an audience if you're not constantly adding new stuff to it uh well you either you either need new stuff or new players because eventually everyone knows all of the strategies and then the most dangerous game element of it is no longer relevant once everyone knows the optimal strategies then that's all anyone plays i think if people know the strategies and you just keep adding more stuff it can be very easy to frustrate the players by constantly obliging them to learn new stuff am i right in saying this is the reason why both of us stopped playing tf2 Correct. Uh, similarly, with Overwatch, with me is just too many heroes, too many guns, too many, too many things, too many things, too many things. Right? Like with I guess, the, I guess it works for something like Dead by Daylight because there's only ever one monster and a bunch of like shitty human players trying mm-hmm. not to die. It's not like every time they introduce a new fighter, they've got to balance it against every other fighter. Right, right. They just have the the one core me- loop, the one core mechanics. Um, but but you also need those players. Like it, you need fresh blood in there to maybe discover a new strategy to give the veteran players a new puzzle piece to work against. Is but if you're going for a niche audience. <laughs> they might just be happy with doing the same stuff over and over again forever i mean niche games are stuff like your your train simulators on steam yeah where you get weirdo train fans just recreating <laughs> recreating the uh the amtrak the re- route to seattle or whatever it is <laughs> train nerds are by far the strangest nerds believe me i know my dad was one. Oh no he had a little model train set in his attic <gasps> gotcha and up there on the occasion i went up there there was like a train conductor's hat and a little wooden train whistle 
he know. <laughs> and he would he would wear the hat, of course. Well, you, we have to assume. <laughs> he would play with his train set, wearing his little train conductor's hat and blowing his little train whistle. Oh, no. How adorable. How adorably sad. Still. Uh, still. Still, why judge? Oh, no, no. We all have things that are adorable and sad. Uh, and that's fine. And that's fine and fair. I, uh, get it, getting back on message here. Multiplayer games. You need fresh blood. Um, which is which is part of that's part of the inherent problem of multiplayer games. But but I suppose it's a very similar problem to a single player game, because with a single player game, once you are done playing it, you're done playing it. You know the story. Well, that's the that's that's linear storytelling. That's how it works. Right. And yeah, so, you're done playing it after you've experienced it. But and I know that uh, that must stick in the craw of those publishers who want to create continuous revenue models out of games. But that's just the nature of the beast when you work in the world of storytelling and art. You make something and it's done. It's not a it's not an industry, it's not a factory. You can't make continuous money out of it. Sorry. Well, you know, Destiny and Marvel Avengers and Anthem and Battlefront, so many games would really like to disagree with that. All multiplayer-focused games. Yes. But I guess the the thread that I was trying to tie there between single-player and multiplayer is both run their cycle. Uh, You know, like with with a game, even a, a game as simple as Mario Kart, if you play with the same four people over and over and over again, eventually the thrill will be gone because everyone you know what everyone is going to do and that is the cycle of a multiplayer game whereas the cycle of a single player game is just going through the story well the cycle of the single player game sort of extends beyond the single player the cycle is that if it's a good uh, story yeah the, the individual user experiences it once and uh, probably doesn't continue playing it but if it was good they recommend it to others and you can get that experience only from a properly designed uh, emotional story so um ideally more people rediscover it every day because it's so good and they all get have their own little emotional journey with it and recommend it to more people that's the business model oh sure sure well i no, i guess that my comparison wasn't a, a one is better or worse i'm just saying i'm saying like all things they both must die eventually they, they well, must. well yes yes just like capitalism. Right, it must die eventually. Eventually, capitalism has to reach its final stage when absolutely everything is commodified and then society has to collapse. We, you know, we've been limping along for a while now. I think we've still got a few more years. Well, let's hope we at least can ride the end of the crazy train before it goes off the cliff. You know, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. I and feel so- sorry for our children, but what can you do? <laughs> anything you can do literally anything to to help go live in the woods <laughs> go live in the woods uh but make sure uh you find a cabin with really high elevation because global warming will make sea levels rise man this conversation's all over the place oh, this we really just took a hard turn right there so let's let's wheel our way back well real i think quick. Well, I think the reason why we keep taking turns is that the question of single player versus multiplayer is a question that gets right down to the to uh, the human experience. Mm-hmm. Some people like a single player game, which is in essence uh, a story. 
It's uh, alone time. It's mm. getting inside your own head for a bit. Some people like multiplayer, which is uh, getting out, uh, uh, experiencing things as a community. It's it's introvert versus extrovert, isn't it? It really is. And everyone and has their own preference, so why bother arguing? That's that's really true. And I, I you know, speaking just for me, I am a massive introvert. Oh, uh, me too. So, <laughs> so yes. well, we're all on the internet, aren't we? That's that's why we're comfortable here because we don't have to leave our houses. Yeah. We have that control, but you know, we like we were sheltering in place before it was cool, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, I do have friends who still like they schedule, you know, their time together. And as we get older, I, again, a really fantastic point you made on your side of the argument, which is scheduling multiplayer time as you get older and as you get more responsibilities is an entire pain in the ass. It's generally an issue with just like sustaining friendships and relationships in general (laughs) right once you're married and got kids it's hard to keep your sims style friendship meter ticking over with uh everyone in the in the group chat oh yeah and and then it's like well if one of your friends has more free time than the other one they're gonna be further in the multiplayer game than everyone else and that just creates diversions and uh, multiplayer is a young man's game (laughs) is all i'm saying Oh, I remember back in the day, I was up in those Team Fortress classic servers mm-hmm. with all, like all the rest of you kids. Do you, do you remember the concept of free time? Wasn't that a, a glorious concept? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when you could work on your own stuff? <laughs> oh, the good old days. And and so I, I think like the the other like harsh skew both you and I come at this from is just not is is the time aspect of it. Once once you have a family, once you have a job, once you have hobbies, your your multiplayer time dwindles and dwindles and dwindles. You know what helps though? Hmm. Making your job playing video games. commodifying your hobbies absolutely (laughs) seems like uh, there's quite a lot of people with that option these days i mean uh you can make a living as a streamer if you've got the right personality Mm -hmm. or if you're massively psychotic you can make a pretty good living as a speedrunner too (laughs) (laughs) if you're you're the kind of weirdo who wants to play the same game like 12 times a day for a stream audience for some reason, those people make a lot of money. They really do. I, even you know, even if you're not incredibly popular, even if you have a small base, just like just to offset the cost of the game, right? It's it's kind of worth it. I kind of get the speedrunning thing. It's it's kind of uh, it's engaging in a sort of triumph of the human spirit level to see someone finally beat the best time. Mm-hmm. But you can just like watch the when they do that, you can just watch it on YouTube and see much value in like watching their stream all day just in case they beat their best time. Well, you you have to hope at least that there's some sort of conversation, some sort of personality where people are watching and not just the game. I do I do think speedrunning is an absolute artistry. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary how popular it's gotten. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's neat. It's a it's a it's a breaking down of the rules, right? It's poking at the holes. It's of... that, and it's interesting to watch people succeed at difficult tasks. It's like mm-hmm. watching 
gymnastics at the Olympics and thinking, oh, what a lot of training must have gone into that. <laughs> sure, sure. My my favorite part is just for like strategies that I can carry over into single player games. You know, I was, uh, what was I watching? Oh, I, I was watching a fun, uh, like a fun, like trying to beat Skyrim in a certain way video. It was a, it, oh, it was trying to beat Skyrim using only a fork. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that. I saw someone try to beat Mario 64 using only their feet. Right. Like that's, that's really fun to me. But like it's also full of strategies that you can carry over into your own playthrough going, oh, if you jump there and there and there, you can get this super faster. Hooray. Sure. And uh, you can learn why it's probably best to hold the controller with your hands. <laughs> and why it's why Dark Souls wasn't designed to be played with a Guitar Hero controller. But you can do it, or with a DDR pad, <laughs> if you've seen that one. That's the world of speedrunning and skill running. You can just create your own crazy challenge, and mm-hmm. then suddenly it's a skill run, and everyone's trying to beat it. I want I want to try and beat um, Prince of Persia's Hands of Time by pressing my ear against the keyboard. And do and if you can do it, suddenly other people will be trying to to do it as well. But do it faster and better. Listen, yeah, do it yeah. faster and better, so they can get they can they yeah, their name can go above yours on the speed run wiki. <laughs> what what is a video game? What is any competition but literally putting a hurdle in front of ourselves to seeing if we can jump over it? So adding more hurdles is just very natural. True, that's the essence of the video game. It's it's challenging yourself. That's the essence of any competition is like like artificially putting an obstacle in front of you just so you can get over that obstacle. <laughs> and so, you know, why not put more obstacles in front of you? That's fun. I suppose. It's emergent gameplay, isn't it? Ooh. Playing with a higher difficulty. Boom! Well, I didn't have much more to say, to be honest. I mean, really, the the end of that podcast was more about speedrunning than about single player versus multiplayer. So I, th- well, I think we did a fantastic job. I always felt like it was going to be a meandery topic. Yeah, true. Because as I say, it's so broad. It's it's so broad, and and once again, it it depends on the game. It depends on the person. There is no absolute one way to look at it, except for games as a service, which sucks. But it certainly does. Stop! Stop that. I will slap your hand away from your keyboards. Yes. Triple A game developers. Just no. Bad. <laughs> Stop it. I will that's exactly what I will do. Little little sharp sharp tug on, on, on the leash there, on the on the tie of the developer. That'll teach him. I was going for disciplining the kids and you went straight to dogs. Well that's I'm currently, you know, my kids are I I've I'm done disciplining them. I'm now working on the dog. So, you know. <laughs> so you just you just gave up on the kids. Well, no, they're You're done. Like, well, they're baked already. I did it. They listen. I'll, I'll <laughs> the take, dog I'll, doesn't yet. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that was great. I think that overall that was a very good conversation. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh remember that if you are listening to this one first, this was based on the slightly civil war episode single player versus multiplayer that you can watch over on escapistmagazine.com. You can also become an escapist plus member and get content early and ad free and special bonuses like asking the creators questions. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Harlack. 
And I'm at Yahtzee Crowshaw. And, and, and that's Twitter, baby. And you can follow the Escapists generally as well. They've got... There's like they a do. general tw- Escapist Twitter that I forget for now. Yeah, it's probably like know. at Escapist Magazine or something. Ooh, that's, that, that would make a lot of sense. And there's a dedicated Zero Punctuation Twitter as well, at Z Punctuation. Ooh, If that's boom. the only thing you're interested in. Well, then there you go. There's all your links. Uh, thanks for Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye.